This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. We're doing something a little different. We're stepping away from the news to dive deep into one of the most pressing issues facing our city, growth. We're going to spend a whole week exploring one of the neighborhoods poised for the greatest change, all thanks to our sponsor, Transportation Solutions, who you'll be hearing more about later. And by Friday, I promise we'll have some real answers. So with no further ado, welcome to Cherry Creek Week. Today is Monday, April 17th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, I'm Bree Davies. Hi, Mike. Mike, nice, nice to, to meet you. you. My producer Paul and I met up with Michael Hughes at 401 Madison Street in Cherry Creek. So, what are we looking at now? We're looking at the hole <laughs> where the Crowther House used to be. Okay. Yeah, I drove by a while ago, and the bulldozer was inside the fence, so I knew it was any day. Michael is a professional mediator and one of three neighbors who attempted to save Richard Crowther's old home about six months ago. Crowther was kind of an important architect, and he lived in a house here of his own design. But even with the Landmark Preservation Commission's unanimous support, city council said no. Thus, the big empty hole. Let's talk about why you cared so much. Like, why did you want to save Richard Crowther's home? Why why did it matter to you? Yeah, well, I think it mattered in the particular. So I met Richard Crowther, and I had great respect for him, and he was very generous to me. And to my wife when we bought one of his houses. and um, But I think in the, in the more general, it's just that we're losing so many historic buildings. We've, we don't tend to prize buildings of that age. And so in the 50s, he had begun to recognize the necessity for energy efficiency, indoor air quality, passive solar gain. But it wasn't urgent Mm -hmm. in the 1950s the way that it is well the way certainly the way that it is now but but even even in the 70s as it was when he built the house that's no longer here okay and um he wanted to build a laboratory where he could explore ways of doing that and that's what this house was it wasn't just a house it was a house and an office a house and a laboratory a house and a, a kind of working model of how we could live more uh, sustainably, more in connection to the natural environment and in ways that were easier on uh, on the earth. But the neighbors never heard that story or couldn't get past the fact that the house was kind of weird looking. So it was bulldozed to make way for four townhomes. Density, in other words, which people like our governor, Jared Polis, say is the real sustainability solution. So it's back to that familiar Denver paradox. 
how do we allow more people to enjoy our city without destroying what makes it great? But you understand this paradox, right? <laughs> I heard you just talk very passionately about why we should save it and what you would hope. But then you also talked about why you would understand that someone would want to bulldoze it and build other things and get a return on their investment. Right. How do you balance those two things? Well, I think we can move beyond this particular piece of ground to what it means to live in a democracy, to what it means to live in America if we're doing it right. And right now we're not doing it right. We're demonizing people and calling them names and um, and refusing to, uh, to speak to them in a civil way if they take a a point of view that is different than our own. And so pick any topic, guns, Roe v. Wade, encampments, one of a thousand topics. Yeah. And the the likelihood of starting a fight, not a physical one, although sometimes a physical one, but starting starting an argument that will leave people unwilling to communicate with each other, the odds are very, very low. And so for me, I don't have to not like the people who wanted this house bulldozed because democracy worked, a decision got made, the house got bulldozed. That's how it works. So this week on CityCast Denver, we're going to do our part. We're going to shine a light directly on the city's most controversial debate in a neighborhood where the stakes couldn't be higher and have a civil conversation about it because downtown is on the skids and developers are instead looking to Cherry Creek. They've got big plans for huge new towers on all sides of the mall. That means thousands of new people moving in because it's such a nice place. So who are these people? How will they live? Where will they park or wait for the bus or lock up their bikes? My producer Paul and I have been talking to people all over the neighborhood. And now we want to invite you to join us. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go for it, Paul. So, Michael, you've spent decades mediating these conflicts. Yeah. We're kind of doing that this week with this story. We're talking to all these people, all these stakeholders yeah. about this big problem. What's your advice? Where do we start? So I think we start by um, making sure that all of the relevant perspectives um, are represented and that the people who would be affected or who have a stake in, in, in the outcome have the opportunity to be engaged. The biggest stakeholder is, of course, the city itself, which also has an eye on the imminent wave of development, a planner's eye. I'm Paige Colson. I am a senior city planner at the Denver Department of Transportation and Infrastructure, and I am the city's project manager for Denver Moose Cherry Creek. Which means it is her job to make sure it's safe and convenient to walk, bike, take transit, deliver goods, and drive in and around Cherry Creek. Um, So, you know, Cherry Creek is a really interesting area. It's got the mall. It's got um, the business district. It's got a lot of regional draw. It's also got a lot of neighborhoods, um, some really low-density neighborhoods, some higher-density neighborhoods. It's really a, a mix of everything. A lot of mixed needs and interests, um, which makes it, you know, a challenge and exciting at the same time. One of Paige's biggest challenges is people, because she really needs to hear from lots of folks in the neighborhood to hear what the pain points are. But the folks who tend to show up to her public committee meetings are more homogenous. Yeah, yeah. It's been, um, we've got a lot of, lot of engagement this, for this project. It's engagement from a lot of people like Barbara Metzger. Hi there. How are you? Hi. Can you see? You can see me? You can hear? Oh, wait. Hold on. 
Barbara Metzger and her husband own a home on the east side of Cherry Creek, and she is very engaged. Obviously, our roots are here. We don't want to leave. We don't consider where we're living in a gated community atmosphere and would like to dispel that amongst a lot of people who have moved in recently, maybe in the last, when I say recent, I'm 75, for God's sake, in the last 10 years. Barbara shows up for the meetings because she sees transit infrastructure that is already overtaxed. Places like First and University, where you have to wait for three cycles of the light to turn left. Or like that stretch of the Cherry Creek Trail where it leaves the creek and you have to ride your bike up against traffic. Or the long-promised bus rapid transit line that's supposed to be running up Leedsdale and Spear. There never really is a game plan with timelines and funding. We have heard about nothing but BRT. It's been myth and legend. Okay, and and now here I am screaming. <laughs> there are still people living here that don't realize the BRT is approved. Been there, done that. They've got it on there. They've they've got it, and it is now in the Denver Moose Cherry Creek. And so we want to talk about it. And we thought this is where we're really going to get some, uh, you know, boots on the ground. All the big public transit projects feel especially slow to Barbara because the private housing projects are moving so fast. Apart from the dozen or so smaller projects across the neighborhood, there's the 10-acre Glendale 180 project just on the other side of Colorado Boulevard. There's the Clayton Lane development, which is set to bring at least 430 new apartments to First and University. And then there's the big one, Cherry Creek West. The developers are still working with the city, but the rumor is that they're planning as many as seven 12-story towers on the west side of the shopping center where the farmer's market sets up during the summer. That project has got some neighbors really worried. I heard one of the local neighborhood organizations is even preparing a lawsuit to block it. What are you worried about? What's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is that we get stuck with a bad RTD line and and a First Avenue that is not a do-over. I'm going to have BRT 500 feet away from my house, okay? So I, you know, is that going to be fun or the, what? I don't know where the construction is or whatever. So let's be honest about what could come and how we can maximize it. I think it would be very, very sad and disappointing that enough people couldn't come together and say, you know, Denver deserves more. The people that have to come that live here or come through here or whatever deserve something better. So after months of frustrating meetings with Paige Colton and Denver Moves Cherry Creek, Barbara was pushed to the brink. After the last one, she wrote up her complaints and sent a letter to all the other community members who'd been part of the process. I put in writing and I'd say, now, these are not, well, I didn't put, they're not evil people. Of course they're not. But one got the impression, not in May, but in July, August, September, October, November, December, that, that this was a box they had to check on. She used the only leverage she felt like she had and resigned from the committee. Big picture. I know this sounds naive, but big picture, you'd know that right people didn't get together and the wrong thing happened for the wrong reasons. So who are the right people when it comes to planning for the future? 
How do we account for the interests of future residents against the loudest voices who have lived here for decades? That's after this quick break. Hi there. I am calling about the Cherry Creek situation and how to navigate to Cherry Creek. But I work at Apple and trying to get to the Cherry Creek Mall, like if I were to have to do training or, you know, just do a visit at the Cherry Creek Apple Store has been like one of the worst experiences. Like driving into the city is fine. I take 25, but to navigate like all around the Cherry Creek area is like pretty intimidating. And I, I, when I say that, I guess I mean the mall. Hey, City Cast, my name is Nick. I live in Congress Park and I'm just responding about your uh, question about getting into Cherry Creek. Um, I bike there pretty much daily to pick up and drop off my daughter from Bombwell Elementary School, which is in the district. Um, I find it pretty easy. There's good traffic lights and good staging, so when I have to dash across 6th and 8th to get down there, it's not that bad. And um, yeah, there's still a lot of luxury SUVs that are paying attention, but all in all, I think it's pretty good. Hi, my name's Rachel, and the bulk of my experience with the Cherry Creek Mall definitely came when I was in middle school. So my answer would be you get a ride from your mom, and then you go in through the Macy's entrance. Before the break, Barbara Metzger resigned from Denver Moves Cherry Creek and sent a letter explaining why to the rest of the community members engaged with the process. That letter found its way to Lou Raiders, who is a very important woman in the neighborhood. Because I practice law in the zoning and real estate and finance world and did some real estate development on on my own in Cherry Creek, um, I sort of had a good perspective of a lot of these issues and have participated in discussions around First Avenue and um, served on the board of Cherry Creek East and then served on the um, zoning committee that did the bid zoning, the business district zoning in 2012. So I've done a lot of different things. Lou Raiders has lived and worked in the neighborhood since 1985. She is now also the chair of a very powerful and not very well-known organization called the Cherry Creek Steering Committee. It sounds like yet another boring committee, but this one is made up of all the presidents of all the local neighborhood and business groups. And Lou is the chair. Yeah, I wear the biggest hat, I suppose. And when Lou read Barbara's letter, it resonated with her. The biggest problem, I would say, is that, you know, this has become such a robust area. And the street grid and the streets were not developed to accommodate that. So if we're going to push the density up, we need to rethink that infrastructure. Infrastructure is key for Lou. She knows the decisions we're making now matter a lot because she's lived in the neighborhood since before the shopping center was built. She's watched it become a major economic powerhouse, thousands of jobs, lots of money changing hands, and lots of tax revenue for the city. She also saw a lot of mom and pop shops leave due to inadequate parking. So she brought Barbara's complaints to the rest of the committee which is where our sponsor, Transportation Solutions, comes in. The executive director is a man named Stuart Anderson. A lot of the issues Barbara raised resonate with him, too. That's why we're here. Because the whole committee agreed, and Lou Raider sent Paige Colton and the city a formal complaint and a call for a pause to allow a more thorough planning process. The next mayor is going to be important. The next city council will be important. And 
we need to get some of the funding from the city to help us utilize what Cherry Creek gives to the city, but put it back into Cherry Creek. Again, we know that there are neighborhoods that need more infrastructure development, but we also know that in many of those communities, those people come to Cherry Creek to work. And we don't have that now. We're putting in thousands of residential units in the area. And if you think about other areas in the country where you have that, they have better transit to move those people so they don't need cars. And we don't have that here. And it, again, it's not about getting rid of the car. It's about adding density that will not add to the problem. So you have to add other solutions. But for Paige Colton, the city planner, she's used to hearing from the Lou Raiders and Barbara Metzgers of the world. And she wasn't ready to put her work on hold. Um, you know, Barbara decided that um, it wasn't, she didn't think it was a valuable process for her to be involved in, and so she stepped out. So we're really, you know, grateful for her participation and her her pushing us on different things um, and wish her the best. Um, and then Lou Raider's organization co-signed her decision, that her, her frustrations. That I bet that meant something else. Yeah, so we received um, a list of feedback from Lou's steering committee, um, which was great because we just wrapped up a huge outreach process with the whole community. So we're taking that information that they've provided as their input. We're taking all the other information we received as input from the rest of the community and incorporating that into our high priority projects, um, our list of projects. Are we making modifications to some of them? Are we um, scrapping some? Are we adding some? You know, there's a lot of a lot of people have, you know, different experiences as they move through Cherry Creek. So we want to incorporate um, everybody's experience as much as we can. But is that the best way to plan for the future? Can you incorporate everyone? Should you? Isn't some feedback more important? We've been turning these questions over and over with people from all over Cherry Creek. And one of those people shared a story that I want to pass along to you. A story about the last time Cherry Creek went through a huge change. Greetings. How are you, Paul? I'm well. Good morning, Councilman. How are you? I'm fine. My apologies for being late. Uh, Councilman Paul Cashman doesn't represent Cherry Creek, but before he was elected, he covered the area as a journalist. He was a reporter, editor, publisher, and eventually owner of the Washington Park Profile for 36 years. I lived in a bungalow on the north edge of Washington Park in in my early years with the newspaper, which would have been latter 70s, early 80s. I think I paid around 300 bucks a month. 400 bucks a month in rent. And this was literally on Virginia Avenue on the north edge of the park, looking at my kids grew up with the park as their front yard. And uh, it was all bungalows. Back then, Cashman told us that Cherry Creek was similar, just a small residential neighborhood with a few nice shops and a standalone movie theater, but without the giant mall drawing people from all over. I remember uh, spoke with Temple Buell, who owned the shopping center land one time when he was floating his first vision of of a 
mall for that property. And his initial vision was much larger than was actually ultimately built. And just like today, the prospect of change set off alarm bells. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This growing anxiety in the neighborhood was what actually led to the 1984 creation of Lou Raider's Cherry Creek Steering Committee in the first place. They were opposed to Buell's big plans. But those neighborhood leaders weren't the loudest voice in the room. I believe the gentleman's name is Walt Kimball. I remember him coming to my office early on in the early days of the uh, evolution of Cherry Creek from a neighborhood, just a regular everyday neighborhood to, you know, all these new developments is coming in. And I remember how distraught he was. And when I first met him, I thought he was a little bit nutty. And, uh, you know, because he's really, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And I'm thinking, I don't know about this guy. Walt Kimball wanted to keep Cherry Creek the way it was. And he would tell anyone who'd listen. What I remember is not just the guy, but that when I initially met him, I discounted him. Kind of, you know, just another kook. Well, not at all. He's a good guy and, and saw things very clearly. All the, all the small stuff got mowed down and new big houses, ever more expensive development came to pass. And uh, inter-neighborhood cooperation every year hands an award in his name. So what, what, do you, what do you learn from Walt Kimball? Like, what about him that made you initially think, oh, he's a crank? Well, you know, not a crank, but just, you know, he... He foresaw something I didn't foresee. He was the only person I know. He saw it coming. And, you know, there are these people that, you know, whether it's just you kind of get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, or maybe they understand something I don't understand. But yeah, Walt just saw it coming. And uh, I wish we'd have given him a little bit more credence earlier on. Here we are, once again on the brink of great change in Cherry Creek. And I'm putting the questions to you. Do you feel a pit in your stomach? Do you think Barbara Metzger is a modern Walt Kimball or just another cranky neighbor? Can Cherry Creek's transportation handle more density? And what exactly is the character of Cherry Creek that some people want to preserve so badly? We're going to be exploring those questions all this week on CityCast Denver. But before we get too deep into the urban planning of it all, we're going to step back even further. Before the mall. Before the bungalows. Before this area was part of Denver at all. Some of the folks that, that came in the late 19th century were first generation out of slavery. They created a community among themselves and worked so very hard to change their circumstances. Cherry Creek Week continues tomorrow on CityCast Denver. And if you want to make your voice heard, we'd love to have you attend our panel at the Transportation Solutions Conference on Wednesday morning. All the details for that are in our show notes. And if you can't make it, you can always leave us a voicemail with your name, neighborhood, and your thoughts on Cherry Creek. The Cherry Creek Hotline is open at 720-500-5418. 
That number again is 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around Cherry Creek. Bye-bye. Councilman Paul Cashman does... Pounce him, pounce him and call Cashman.